When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry, coming to you a little bit later in the week. Um, but we have a uh, very important guest this evening as senior national college football reporter at On3, Matt Zenitz is here. Matt, appreciate you joining the show, man. How are we doing? Good. I appreciate you having me on, Zach. Let's jump right into it. I, this has been timely. With we, we, We've been talking all during the week about recording this show and then uh you had some big news come across the ticker on um wednesday uh new ncaa ruling on schools and recent transfer portal entries you did a piece on on uh on3.com so i'll just go ahead and, and hand it off to you on what the ncaa has decided and how you think this is going to affect things moving forward well, you'll appreciate it. I tried to time that up with NCAA just so that we would have something worthwhile to discuss. So thank you to the NCAA for uh, timing that out in a way that we actually had something of substance to to talk about. <laughs> in all seriousness, this had been um, something that had been a, a source of, I don't want to say frustration, but probably more so confusion for recruiting staffers around the country during the course of the, the last couple of weeks. So I obviously, as you know, Zach, August 31st, the transfer portal windows were approved where it said the the two windows for the year, one being uh, the, the day after championship selection. So essentially December 5th for 45 days, and then another one from May 1st to May 15th. The thing that left a, a lot of football people around the country was co- confused was just the the timing of it and whether everything went into effect immediately or if this was something that essentially went into effect uh, in January or something along those lines. And I think if you talk to five different people working in football or personnel and recruiting the last couple of weeks, we would have probably gotten like five different answers in, in relation to that. So what you saw, even though the windows went into effect immediately, was schools still entering players into the portal. And from August 31st through yesterday, uh, there were actually 19 Division I scholarship football players who were entered into the portal, even though the window uh, wasn't supposed to go into effect until December 5th. And essentially, it was supposed to be going through a period right now where nobody was going to be entering the portal. 
So the, the NCAA reached a point where addressed this yesterday with schools around the country were essentially sent out an email that, that said, if you have put a player into the portal during the course of these last couple of weeks, they need to be withdrawn. If you've had communication with a, a player who has been entered into the portal from August 31st through September 13th, um, or I guess it would have included the, the 14th also, need to discontinue communication with the, that player and then had other stuff within that email that, that touched on how schools that have put players into the portal won't be penalized right now, but uh, the rules need to be followed moving forward. So I, essentially, I, I think you'll see a couple month period now where the portal will be pretty much dead. And then once December 5th hits, it'll be just all hell breaking loose with the, the portal for a month period. You saw a trend beginning to to start uh, after week one, week two, where I think a lot of players were starting to see where they stood on the depth chart, maybe get a feel for how their position coach was feeling them early in the year. Are they going to get a lot of playing time? Are they not? You know, a couple of years ago when the NCAA implemented the new ruling where if you play in four games or less, you can still redshirt now with the portal and how prevalent it is. And it's in, in college football, it's, it's even more sped up where it's not just, Oh, I can play in three or four and still redshirt, keep that year of eligibility. Now. I mean, the clock is just even more sped up to where it's, Hey, I, it doesn't matter about a redshirt. I got to get out and go somewhere where I can play um, with the new ruling and how the window has changed. I know they can't officially get in until December. Um, I, I mean, is the the way or I guess the the usage of a red shirt just going to completely leave college football now because of this? Well, one of the big things that you're still going to continue to see is players leaving team because of wanting to maintain the, the year of eligibility. So, I mean, I've had this, for example, with, with players that have gone in during the course of the last couple of weeks. One of the things that immediately came to mind for me was, did, does this mean that some of these guys are going to return to program for the season now and then just enter the portal in December? But something that was referenced by a couple of coaches that, that talked to at those individual schools was how they, they see in relation to the, the redshirting part of it that you just brought up players who are still eligible for a red shirt, just utilizing that, uh, sitting out the um, season before hitting the five game mark. So they still maintain the, the year of eligibility and then just go into the, the portal in December. So the, the one difference right now compared to the, the last few years is you won't see players popping up in the portal now in mid-September, late September, October, no, November, whatever. Um, but there are still going to be guys who decide to leave programs and make the decision to transfer. They just can't officially go into the portal until uh, the, the early part of December or December 5th. But there probably will be a good amount of players around the country who announce their intentions to go in at some point during the course of these next couple of months, even before then. So that's a great segue. I was going to follow up and ask. There, there are several, uh, I know, guys at power five schools this week, last week, week one that were, you know, maybe saw where they were on the depth chart. We're just like, no, nah, I'm out. Like I'm going to go with the new ruling. Is it case by case with, you know, how does the coaching staff handle it? Do these guys have to 
return back or is it just a matter of they'll just be in school for the rest of the semester and then they'll hit the portal, I guess, physically leaving that actual university? Yeah, so most of the players that have gone in during the, the last couple of weeks have, are, are just done with those individual programs. So, like, for example, there was a linebacker from Clemson that went in. He is not returning to the team. Oklahoma had a linebacker go in under the impression he's not returning to the team. But then, like, Jackson State, so Dion at, at Jackson State had a receiver, Mark Pope, go into the portal August 31st, the, the day that everything went into effect. And Mark Pope actually during the, the last few days not only withdrew from the portal – but has since returned to the team. I'm not sure how much of an impact player he's he's going to be this year. It seems like he's down the, the depth, depth chart for them at, at receiver, but he's an example of somebody who has not only been withdrawn from the portal, but has actually returned to the program, it sounds like. It's it's a fascinating development. I think that for all the, the pros and cons, if you want to argue either way with the portal and, and how it's affected things, it, it is – crazy and just adds another wrinkle for coaches to have to manage rosters and um last thing here before we hit the first break but a lot has been said about coaches having to not only recruit players in their respective cycles but then once they're on their roster they have to recruit their current players because you know somebody from a school like utep or smu or you know Miami of Ohio has a huge year, then those guys are going to, you know, hey, in the offseason, I'm going to listen to to all comers on who wants me to come play somewhere else. Um, is that something that you're you're hearing about a lot on the, I, I guess, the through the pipeline with with coaches and, and different staffers that you talk to? 100%. And e- even this past spring, trying to remember the timeline of the, these couple individual things, I think it was – uh, coming out of the spring. So had one, a, a prominent, without getting into individual names, had a prominent power five wide receiver who was having back channel communication where I'm not sure if it was him directly or just people close to him with another prominent power five school. And the tampering, the- no way. <laughs> and the dialogue involved um, that player, if he made the decision to go into the portal and transfer to that other school, a, a seven-figure NIL deal arrangement to where the, the player, according to somebody on current staff, and I'm not trying to be convoluted with, with the wording, I'm just trying to avoid giving uh, giving away who the, the player is, but I, I, essentially, the school that he's currently at was able to match the the NIL deal and prevent him from following through with going into the portal. That was right before the, the May 1st deadline. There was another situation involving another Power 5 receiver who was being re- recruited, I guess you can say, by a, a bigger program within his conference, but ultimately made the decision to stay at the, the school that, that he was at and I, I think got something NIL-wise from current school that helped to, to make that decision. But that's something you're going to see every year and just continuously mm-hmm. moving forward. It probably would have been more interesting getting into individual names, but you, you and I can save that for off-air part of it and give you some more detail on that stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't put it out of 
you know, it's it's not a realm of possibility that there are going to be staffs across the country that just have an analyst or a GA like, hey, I want you to go look at the stat leaders across the country, find out who the leading rusher is in the country and figure out who he is. And let's try, I mean, looking at it right now, I mean, Chase Brown from Illinois is the leading rusher in the country. And then Anthony Grant right behind him at Nebraska, who is going through a coaching change. Is he going to want to stick around in Lincoln? Is he not? 428 yards on a really bad team is still impressive. So I think you're going to see more and more things like that, where these talented players that are at G5 or, or lower P5 schools. And then, I, I mean, you, you see it this year with, with Alabama. They went and got Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, and he's yeah. killing it. So I think that's going to be pretty prevalent as we move forward. All right, it, we're going to take – Also, it, it, not, not to cut you off, wait – when this stuff happens, it also doesn't even need to be technically illegal. So like one of the big ones in the, the last few months or earlier this year was Jordan Addison ending up at USC, where I know Pitt's coach threw out a lot of accusations regarding that. But at mm. the same time, the, the the dialogue before he officially went to the portal uh, was, I, I think, exclusively Caleb Williams. So a, a player on the roster, yeah. not somebody on the coaching staff where um, you you would think that the coaching staff was maybe aware of Caleb having that communication with not only Jordan, but some other guys that he was interested in potentially having end up at USC going back a good month or so uh, or, or several weeks before everything played out with Jordan. But um, technically, that that's not illegal. So there are ways around this kind of stuff also. But it just goes back to your original point, something that coaching staffs around the country are going to have to continue to deal with moving forward. Mm-hmm. And how can you, I mean, honestly, how can you enforce any ruling or penalties or whatever if a player, I mentioned Chase Brown, the leading rusher, how do you handle that if he reaches out to a staffer at at, at LSU or at Ohio State, like? Well, okay. if the player reaches out to a staffer, the, the person on staff is not allowed to have that communication, and if uh people find out that there is communication there with somebody on staff that's where it can get into the trouble with that but wait when you have like the caleb williams jordan addison type situation it, it's technically at least based on how the rules are right now not illegal and from, from what i heard with the the caleb stuff caleb at, at one point several weeks before all of that played out had identified some guys that if they decided to go into the portal that he would be interested in trying to get out to, to usc with him with with jordan who both of them are, are from around the same area um, and, and I think had pre-existing relationship or whatever, but Jordan was one of those guys that, that it reached out to and just essentially threw out that uh, if made that decision, we'd definitely love to be able to get him out to USC. And that obviously was several weeks in the works when Jordan ultimately went to the portal and ended up out there with Caleb and they're off to a hell of a start so far. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, maybe, maybe here if, if a player reaches out to a staffer, maybe they leave him on read, but then they tell, you know, hey, let's say this guy reaches out to Ohio State. Yeah. You know, hey, you, you talk to Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you're like, hey, you know, hey, slide this guy's DMs and see how yeah. how real, you know, is he really that interested? Um, and then, like you said, you can go that route where technically it's not illegal. So um, <laughs> it, it's I think staffers are just going to continue to get more and more creative with how they avoid tampering allegations. Um, yeah. But all right. Take our break. When we come back more with Matt Zenitz, we're going to talk a little bit more about the portal and how Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss have uh, really gotten off to a hot start utilizing it. So hang tight. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back here on Not Committed. Matt Zenitz is here with us. Um, all right, I, I saw this stat earlier from Cole Kublik of ESPN, SEC Network. 
Um, it's a mouthful, but I'm just going to run through it because I feel like it's it's it holds a lot of weight with with the tweet. Um, so he's talking about Ole Miss, and he says top five players and tackles for loss, all four guys with the sack, two of three with an interception, two of three top rushers, top four in scoring, three of the top four in receiving yards, top kickoff returner, leading passer, leading kicker, two guys with the fumble recovery. Most receiving touchdowns, most rushing touchdowns, and four of the five top tacklers are all transfers. Lane Kiffin's made essentially a brand out of calling himself the Portal King. Um, he's been seen at practice. Uh, I don't know if he's actually worn one in a game. I know he's worn one in pregame. He's had shirts made that say, you know, turn up or transfer or transfer to the SIP. It seems like this is the the calling card, the brand that he is trying to bridge Ole Miss's, I wouldn't say inability, but just having to do battle with the SEC West and, and bringing in that top talent. You obviously are not going to go toe-to-toe with, with the Alabamas, the A&Ms, the Auburns, the LSUs, but he's made this a thing. And you can see it now on the field through two games with how many transfers are not only, you know, contributing, but are instant impact guys. And not just Ole Miss or other programs are doing it, but since this is an Ole Miss podcast and you cover the portal and you cover just national recruiting, I mean, do you think this is something that can last for not only Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, but just for smaller schools that are in P5 conferences? Absolutely. And it's about identifying the, the the right kids, obviously. And that's something that Lane and Steph and Ole Miss have done a hell of a job of, whether it's bringing in high-profile quarterback and Jackson Dart or Michael Trigg at, at tight end or the, the Zach Evans of the world. There are guys defensively to go along with some of the offensive players who are already doing some good things. Um, including in the, the front seven, I guess I've added secondary guys also like the Ladarius Tennyson's of the world. So I, I think 100% that you're, you're going to see a, a lot of schools around the country who are probably bringing in even more kids from a transfer standpoint than you are straight from, from high school. That's not going to be the case with um, like the <laughs> Alabama's or Georgia's yeah. of the world or Ohio State who are going to be maybe a little bit more selective and only bringing in like Jameer Gibbs level players. But um, for, for a lot of programs, I think that this is something that you're going to consistently see as far as once again, maybe the numbers being even higher for portal additions than players straight from high school. And following up on that, I know that, well, I say I know, but just, from watching how they're approaching this 2023 cycle and just word of mouth around the program, around the SEC and just different sources. I think Lane Kiffin especially, but there are other coaches doing it too, where you're going to see, in my opinion, more programs being extremely selective and very thorough with their evaluations at high school prospects and I think the days of taking 25 to 28 high school guys are are, are done with. I think that you're going to see a, a very specific and, you know, strategic approach to how you recruit high school kids and maybe take 10 to 12 and then just hit the portal hard. Now there are going to be some schools like Arkansas has a ton of commits right now early. Um, 
and, and Ole Miss, you know, we, we, we tell our subscribers all the time, you know, Hey, look at the average, you know, the average rating. Don't look at the overall, like you got to look at, you know, quality over quantity type thing. Is that something that you think is going to stay or do you think there's going to be some kind of, you know, regress to the mean with the portal rush? I completely agree with you. I, I think that uh, the the portal era hurts mid, middle tier high school prospects where obviously the top tier guys are still going to get the, the interest that uh, going to get from top tier programs around the country. But when you get into the, the middle tier type guys, I, I think you're going to see less opportunities for um, some middle tier power five programs that maybe you would have seen offer those kinds of players in the past because of those schools, probably saving spots for portal guys. And just Last. to backtrack, backtrack, backtrack a drop. Um, so when I was saying about schools uh, maybe ending up with even more portal guys or adding more portal guys to their roster than, than high school. I was including G5s in that also. So power five, uh, I mean, it may end up with, with double digit of of both, uh, but not as many portal additions as high school, at least for, for most power five. So I was, uh, just to be clear, to clarify that, talking about the, the G5s also, who if you look around the, the country, as far as what schools did heading into this year, there, there were a lot of G5s out there who a, actually had more portal additions than what they had from the, the high school level. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to have a quick lightning round. We're going to put Mr. Zenis on the spot for some picks. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 seven, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. 
show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here, last segment on Not Committed. We're going to step aside from the recruiting talk just for a moment. We're going to put Matt Zinnitz on the spot here, National College football reporter with On3. Look, I know a lot of people were saying that, you know, oh, there's no way week two can outdo week one. It clearly did that. It was an absolute bonkers weekend. Um, Got some more big storylines this week. I just wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of the big ones. Um, Miami, Texas A&M, A&M loses at home, App State, huge, huge upset. I, I think a lot of people, um, for the most part, were pretty shocked. I know that there's, you know, the jokes about Jimbo and how he underachieves a lot and he has a ton of talent, but he never really utilizes it. But I don't think anybody expected that to happen. Um, <laughs> well, how do you see this game going? Because it, Miami top 15 in the country, Mario Cristobal, the homecoming so far, so good. Haynes King kind of struggling at quarterback for AM. Is this going to be a another letdown for AM, even though it's at home, trying to knock the dust the rust off from that app state game? Or is this kind of one of those traps that that Vegas tries to get you in? Oh, it's funny, is Texas AM actually being favored in that game, which I, I think Probably yeah. would surprise a, a lot of people. First of all, I, I think it was surprising that the Texas A&M was still ranked coming out of the, this past weekend. But it was surprised also when we saw the spread and Texas A&M not only being favored by being, but being favored by around a touchdown in that game. So it'll help A&M. The Miami's top receiver is out through a, at least this game or suffered an injury that's going to keep him out for a little while, including. This week, which takes away top weapon for Tyler Van Dyke and the, the Miami passing game. But at the same time, Texas A&M, just looking at a big picture, needs a lot better play out of the quarterback position than, than what they've gotten thus far. And Haynes King, if you look back to th- this past weekend through for, I mean, what was it, 90, 100 yards or something like that. It was just an unacceptable number, unacceptable performance from the, the quarterback position and overall uh, offensively where – the, the the number of total offense wise against uh, a, a group of five um, program obviously it was like 170 yards and had the 14 points but seven of the points came on on special teams so I only produced seven points as an offense in that game um, Jimbo has a lot of talent on this year's roster obviously added. A freshman class, a recruiting class that uh, it, it was highly ranked and number one in the country. But uh, if your quarterback's not playing well, it tough. It, it makes it tough, obviously, to uh, produce and perform at the the level as a team that we would like to, including for a, a team like A and M that had big expectations coming into this year. So I'm very curious, specifically heading into this weekend just what they can get out of the quarterback position. It, it seems one of the new mantras for college football is to, if you have a 
person stadium, don't schedule App State. Yeah. Um, so speaking of disappointing, speaking of trying to get off the snide, Nebraska fires Scott Frost. They play host to top 10 Oklahoma this weekend. I, old school rivalry game. They've been playing this one for, for decades, but it's not – this isn't your your 70s, 80s, 90s Oklahoma-Nebraska. Again, is this – is this going to be a trap or is, you know, interim coach Mickey Joseph going to be able to fire up Nebraska and get them to play? Or is this going to be a, you know, a Venables route here as number six Oklahoma goes into Lincoln? Well, the interesting part about this game for Ole Miss fans or people that follow Ole Miss, obviously I have Jeff Levy there as offensive coordinator. And Jeff is somebody that have a lot of respect for, obviously, throughout his time as an OC, has done a great job, including when he was at Ole Miss. But uh, part of what is going to make this even more challenging for Nebraska is that Oklahoma is doing some good things defensively, has a good amount of talent on that defense. And I I would just be very surprised if this game is – within a multi-touchdown win for Oklahoma, anything less than that. So have Dylan Gabriel, a quarterback, who if Jeb, Jeff Lebby didn't make the move to Oklahoma, that there was a, a good chance, probably a good way of summing it up, that Dylan Gabriel would be at, at Ole Miss right now. But hey, a talented quarterback with him and good supporting cast to, to go along with that, to where I would just, like I said, be surprised if – Nebraska was is within a couple touchdowns of Oklahoma in that game. Last one here before I let you go. I was hoping this one was going to be in after dark territory, but it's going to be in the afternoon. Number 12, BYU survived that overtime scare from Baylor, um, going to Eugene to take on top 25 Oregon. Another Another potential trap, another tricky one if you're – a betting man, betting woman, looking at the spread over under all that. Is this a letdown spot for BYU after that emotional win at home? Um, or, you know, do we believe in Oregon and Bo Nix and, and Dan Lanning in year one? Well, probably the, the biggest thing with this game, it'll be very telling for, for Oregon. So um, Bo Nix, hey, I've seen – in the SEC during during the course of last few years at Auburn, I, I have my doubts about just Bo's capability to perform at a, a high level consistently out there at Oregon. But the, the Pac-12, even their top-tier teams are flawed enough to, to where a team like Oregon theoretically could be in position to challenge for conference championship this year. But this game will be very telling to me just about – their, their true capability to be a, a real challenger and contender this season. So BYU, very impressive win over a, a very good Baylor team. Oregon, obviously the, the biggest game that we've seen them in thus far, look like a, a JV team against a, a varsity Georgia team throughout the, the course of that matchup. So maybe we'll see what, what happens. But that, to me, is one of the, the games that I'm most interested in seeing how it plays out this weekend. All right, that'll do it. That's Matt Zinitz of On3, senior national college football reporter. My man, we appreciate you. Thanks for uh, carving out some time for us. I know you're super busy. We'll, uh, We'll do this again. 
Sounds good, Zach. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. That's going to do it for Not Committed. We will be back next week to talk more recruiting. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors for making the show possible. And, of course, thanks to Matt for joining us. We will be recording our picks episode for this week three um, shortly after we are done here. And we will have that coming to you. Make sure you stay tuned in to omspirit.com, part of On3, for all of the Georgia Tech preview stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, we out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.